It's time for this week's Uplift. Three ordinary guys that want you to find the freedom that is available by knowing our Lord Jesus Christ. So sit back and enjoy Uplift, brought to you by the Fulcrum Center. Visit our site at thefulcrumcenter.org. God doesn't want us to magnify individual things, any, any, anything above his our relationship with him. And I'll I'll give you an example. Something I heard today, uh, you know, of course, me, <laughs> I study everything there is possibly to know about healing, and 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 so therefore I've been using a magnifying glass or a microscope on healing. Mm. But God has been telling me over the past week, He'd take it away. If I'm going to magnify anything, it needs to be my relationship with him because it's 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 this overarching thing that all these things fall under. It's like a big umbrella. His the our relationship with him is like a big umbrella and everything else falls under it. And so if we as the church magnify Anything, being an apostle or being a prophet or uh, revivals or, uh, you know, anything, anything whatsoever, evangelism. If we magnify any individual thing, we're failing him. You know, Chad, that has been what God has been speaking to me for a couple of weeks now. Okay. So that is right on. Okay. And, you know, as you gave that example of the umbrella, I thought of, you know, everything underneath the umbrella is protected. Like Psalm 91, he'll cover you with his wings and under his pinions, you will be safe. I, that's not verbatim, but anything outside of that, you know, when we think umbrella, we think rain, but it could be anything. You know, it could be anything that's outside of that umbrella. You could get hurt. You could get harmed. You could, you're on your own. But under that umbrella, you're protected. That's perfect. I like that. And, you know, we can get unbalanced. And I'm going to admit for the past year, I've been unbalanced. Mm -hmm. Because in, in a way, and it's not all bad, but, you know, like I've been focused on healing. Like I've been reading, I've got it, I've, I've, I think I told you, Phil, I've got a stack of books, several books deep that, and I've read a stack of books. So I've got two stacks of books and one's a foot thick over here on the left that I've read and the other stacks a foot thick that I haven't read yet. And, and, you know, about a week ago, I've, I've just felt like, man, I'm just burned out on this. And like, what else could I possibly read? What new information can I possibly glean from this? And God's like, you're right. Because, you know, he, he, he's, he, you know, and then I've been hearing so much this week. Uh, 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 I'm on this new uh, thing with him and he's telling me about relationship. And he said, you're, you're focused so much on this that you're missing the most important thing, which is my relationship with you, mm-hmm. you know, and, that, and that's mind blowing. And we could talk for 12 hours about it. Well, you know, I immediately think of the Apostle Paul, who thought for certain 
that he was doing God's will. He's getting rid of these Christians, these people that are following the way. He is doing God's will. And then he realizes, God must have a relationship with me. And so significant was that he changed his name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so people get, you're, you're absolutely right, Chad, because I, I fell into this trap too. And I, not just once, many times, and God keeps pulling me back and saying, hey, look, don't don't fall into this trap. And that is, as a pastor, I'm like, okay, what am I supposed to do as a pastor? What What do I need to do? Am I doing the right thing? And I'm not looking to God. I'm looking to other pastors. I'm looking to the world. I'm looking to the church and mm-hmm. to try to justify what God has called me to do. But when I look to God, I, it's smooth. Mm-hmm. And But when I'm under that umbrella, but man, when I get outside that umbrella, I'm getting pelted. I'm like, what are these things? I thought I was doing God's work, but it's easy. Oh, yeah. to do. Yeah. And when think about it, if you take a magnifying glass out on a sunny day, you know, we did this in school as an experiment in science class. We took a, a magnifying glass out on a sunny day and we and we directed the light at a spot and it burned. Mm-hmm. And so we we can we can fall into this trap of doing the same thing and we can burn ourselves by focusing, you know, trying to focus God's light at one pinpoint. We can we can harm ourselves if we're not careful. So that's important. We have to we have to keep everything in balance, mm. and nothing can be more important than our relationship with him because our relation he's he's dynamic and our situation's dynamic. Whatever it is we're going through, whatever we're fearing or whatever we're looking to grow in or or any of these things, it's dynamic and it changes minute by minute, day by day. And if he wanted to, he could take away all of our problems just at the snap of a finger, at the drop of a hat. He could take away all of our problems if he wanted to. And at the core of all that is him and his relationship with us. Hmm. So, so that's, that's huge. And, and, and so we forget it, you know, like we're focused on our problems. And like we talked about before, a couple of weeks ago, you know, we're giving him the play by play like, Oh, you know, geez, God, my, my, my finger or my back or, hmm. or my finances, look at my checkbook, God, you hold your checkbook up to God and say, look at my checkbook, God, you know, um, or look at my relationship with my whoever, my son, my brother, my daughter, my wife, you know, and you, and you sit there and, and you're telling God all about your relationship with this person. It's you're struggling in your relationship with him. And he's just like, yep, I'm watching it. <laughs> you know, and I know what's going to happen tomorrow. And I knew what happened yesterday. And, and I, you know, and, and so you know, our relationship is with him is so much more important than our play-by-play and our magnifying glass and, and our focus on these things. And, you know, I think the church would would be so much further ahead, and, and we are the church, obviously, but I think we would be so much further ahead if we took our focus off of these problems and just put them on him and put the focus on him and say, God, here I am, help me. And it might be today, tomorrow, three minutes from now or three months from now. Um, but if we put our focus solely on him and say, okay, I'm not going to bore you to death with the play-by-play, uh, here it is. And then worship, you know, like like it was Paul and whoever Paul was with in the prison and and. 
they were worshiping in the midst of their sorrows sitting in prison and what it what happened the earth shook and the doors rattled open mm -hmm. yeah. we can't explain it but there is relate paul's relationship with god you just mentioned paul his relationship with god you know the the snake bit him the poisonous snake bit him on the island and he shook it off and went back to gathering firewood or whatever he was doing Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that's the beautiful thing, like you, you were mentioning that that God is the dynamic of the relationship, right? Like we it is in our mind, it is so much easier if we could say our relationship is static, because if it's not changing, it's easier to define. And the, the problem is that that's not who God is. You know, I think we've seen that throughout Scripture, that everyone was always trying to figure it out, right? Like. Uh, and and no one ever does right because he's the he is unique there is no other creator so he's unique in who he is and so uh we, you know it's and i just think about several things so like the, focusing on healing as opposed to the healer mm. right and so like think about like moses at the burning bush the church just needs to come and have a burning bush experience they need, which is a focus on God Himself, because what's happening is we we we're like Moses trying to set the people free without the power of the Lord, or we're we're trying to do it on our own, and we're going, wow, this is really hard. And I think God's like, yeah, you weren't ever intended to do that. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm in, I'm going to set people free. And you've got to have this relationship with me. You've got to have this power with me. Mm. And so we just got to we just got to do this thing where we realize that like we just need that experience, you know, where we come before the Lord again and humble ourselves. You know, and Moses tried to define that relation. Like he tried to come before the Lord and said, Okay, and he started asking God questions, like, well, okay, when they when they tell me that God sent me. What do I tell them? I like, who do I say you are? Right? Like, and they starts trying to define this. And there's a lot of scholars that think like Moses was actually trying to control God at that point. That he was trying to, because the thought was if you could, especially like idol worship, if you could define or know the name of a God, when you invoke their name, somehow you can control them. Mm. right and so it's almost like it and so it's almost like moses might have had this thought from all the other gods he had seen in his life he might have thought oh well i'm gonna trick this god into hey because you know you don't like what god says well what do you want to do you want to change the situation right and that's not who god is and god actually explains that to him and if you notice the panic that happens in moses after God says he's the I am mm -hmm. <laughs> at that point, man, all everything changes. Right? Like, and he's like, oh, no, you picked the wrong guy. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, you know, like everything changes. And I just think like to a certain degree, like the church just needs to have a realization of this. We, we serve the I am. And this and this is this is a relational. And it's powerful. But you uh, in no way, shape or form are really fully going to ever define it or control it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right. You know, we 
we're reading uh, through the entire Bible at uh, the, the church, and we're on this plan, and it's a one-year plan, and we're, we're in De- Deuteronomy right now. And I don't remember the exact chapter now, but we came across something the other, uh, maybe a week, week and a half ago, and and it just struck me. And it's a lot like what you're saying. And it says that, you know, Moses is saying, and then God spoke, but you neither saw him. And I think it says, nor heard him. Mm-hmm. It, it, like you couldn't put anything tangible to this. And I went, whoa, you don't want them to worship an, an image. So they can like, they know what you look like. So they can create an mm-hmm. image and they worship this image instead of worshiping you. And it just like clicked and was like, oh, that's good. Yeah. You know, so you can't put God in a box. You can't make him into an image. You can't mold him. You can't say, this is my God, because he is the I am. And I think people don't realize that's what they're doing when they when they start focusing on those on those things, right? When yeah. they start focusing on the things as opposed to the one who gave the things, right? Like it's we actually start trying, it's like it's like cutting off, cutting out the image, right? Yeah. And I think I think we naturally are inclined to do this. And as that's probably part of the problem, we naturally are inclined to that. We got to be supernatural in this. We got to realize that's not who God's ever going to be. Right. And so the moment we think we've chiseled out, oh, I've chiseled out a corner. I know what I know what this <laughs> corner looks like. It's like, no, God's going to change that up on you. Mm-hmm. Like it's not going to look that way. And I just think that's the Lord and who He is. One of the things I've been focused on that man, I feel like the Lord's going to bring over this next year that I think is going to just change the way we think in our congregation is the kingdom of God. When Jesus says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, we always attach that to pray more, read Bible more, Mm -hmm. right? Go to church more. Like it's always the more, like you all just got to do more. And then, then we think, okay, and then God will bless you. And then we don't even know what that means. Well, what, well, what do you mean he'll bless me? What am I going to, what's going to happen here, right? Like, we don't know. <laughs> and so and what, what's happening yeah. is, I think Jesus was actually even saying more than that. I think he was expressing to them, um, and I think Pat Robertson bring this out a lot, he, but he, he was expressing that the kingdom of God is in front of you. It's at hand. Mm-hmm. It's happening in front of you right now. Mm-hmm. And it has all the power that God had to create the entire universe right here, right now. Mm-hmm. But it's so subtle that if you're not seeking for it, you'll miss him completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all the powers that, that God created, everything he made, every all his power, even in creating the universe right in at, at your hand you that it's there but you have to seek it mm-hmm. and see because what we think about i think a lot of times is we think about like the the marvel universe as far as power goes right all know there's power when like you become really angry and you turn green and you know get really stronger and all know all know there's power when you're shooting laser beams out of your hands or eyes and in reality, God's power is every bit there. All his creative power is right in front of us. It's at hand. But it's so subtle. We don't feel it. It's not tangible. And if we're not careful, we'll miss it. And when Jesus is expressing, you know, seek first that kingdom, we will miss the kingdom 
even though it's right in front of us, if we're not seeking it, because we'll miss how God is interacting with our world because of his subtlety, mm. his humility, his meekness. Wow. The Lord's the Lord's Prayer, you know, Jesus, they, the, the disciples asked Jesus about the Lord's Prayer, or, you know, to teach us how to pray. <laughs> Jesus was trying to put into words Yahweh. What was Yahweh? Yahweh was God breathing. Okay. And this might be hard and crazy for people to understand, but Jesus was trying to put into words the very essence of Yahweh. And 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 that was the best that anyone could do with words. So he did the best he could with words. But what it means is putting put the kingdom of God first. And why was the Lord's Prayer so short? You know, basically Jesus is saying, Well, if you pray like this, that's all you need to do. It's so short because everything that Jesus did, God was first. Before he ate a meal, he prayed over the food. Before he, you know, everything. Before he put on his sandals, he, he, you know, he worshiped God. Everything he did. And that's the way he operated. And that's the way that we're supposed to operate. And, and, and that is hard to grasp. And it blows, it might blow people's minds. But that's really the truth. We that's a that's a lesson for all of us to operate. Mm -hmm. When you sit down, what whatever it is that you're doing, I, the kingdom you know, of God first. God bless this. You know, uh, yeah. back 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 to uh, no matter what. If you have a headache and you pop a Tylenol, before you pop that Tylenol, say God, I just you know I, I I'm I'm seeking you. I'm going to pop this Tylenol. And I just pray that you know. Uh, you know, the I, I pray over this Tylenol that I'm about to pop in my mouth. If you're thirsty before you drink a glass of water, you know, God, uh, I I pray for you know for my thirst, and you know, it, it's it doesn't have to be elaborate, but your thoughts, your thoughts, you know, the things that you think about, you know, and, and that's how Jesus operated, yeah. and and that's and it's crazy to think about, but that's where we need to go. The, the little subtle things you're talking about subtle things and the kingdom is subtle and the, but the power of God is at hand but it's subtle well that's that's the way Jesus operated yeah God does not have to demonstrate his power for his power to be every bit present right <laughs> like he doesn't he doesn't have to do that in any way shape or form and yet, he is the power, right? Like he is, the, and so yeah, it, it's yeah, just just powerful when we think about. It. I've heard about that that breathing that uh, I've I've heard others mention that uh, where God's name is like a breath, yeah, because you're breathing yeah. in and out, right. yeah, Yahweh, right, Yahweh, and it's like, and it and it, and the thought of that, I mean, that all is it's really powerful. It relates even back to Genesis. You know, God breathes into man. Mm -hmm the breath of life mm -hmm. literally why is like why is that so important because every breath we have is really his right we, we don't have life on our own life is he's the life giver he's the life sustainer like at any moment if he if he wants to take robert johnson's life that is completely his you know this when the lord takes a life it's not murder it's already his to begin with you know, nobody has life without him. he's the life life possessor he's the possessor of life 
And he's the one that gives and takes it because it's his already to mm -hmm. do so. And, uh, and so, yeah, so that even the name of God even almost expresses that. Mm -hmm. But we have free will though, there too. You know, he allows us free will. And and so often we miss it. Okay. You know, um, Robert, you, you talked about your father-in-law. Um, you know, he, he passed away, you know, probably before his time of cancer. Well, you know, we we could say what we want about that, but we have free will to, that makes choices all throughout our lives, and we experience strife. And so much of these things are, and that's that's just one example. And and, and you know, uh, what I'm getting at is, we don't, but when we encounter our problems, if we don't allow God to be God and take those problems from us, we experience strife mm -hmm. and that, that can get out of hand. I've been there. I've done that. I've lived that. And, and that's the essence of what we're talking about. That's that subtlety of the power of the kingdom that, um, that, that we're all talking about here. We got to give these things to God. We can't dwell on them. Relationship first, his breath. Mm-hmm. That's the answer to these things. But we have free yeah. will on whether we do this or not. Okay. I yeah. don't. There are most parts of most days I don't give it a thought when I eat uh, when I eat lunch. I'm not thinking about God when I take my first bite. I admit it. And mm -hmm. very things. And, and of course, we don't want to take this into religion. That's not what this is about. This is being having an ever-present mindfulness of God. It's not religiousness. It's not like, oh, I got this checklist before I eat a uh, before yeah. I eat a meal, and I know where Phil's going with this. <laughs> Phil Phil's sitting there shaking his head, waiting to slap my wrist. No, he's doing well. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's 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 just it's getting to the point where we don't operate on a religious checklist. It's just a matter of our respect for God and his his subtle kingdom power. Mm -hmm. It's just in how we operate, but whether whether it's good things, bad things, whatever, when we're experiencing strife, okay, when we're experiencing strife and anxiety, and it starts to build up in our body, and we start to tense up, and we're we're like a spring ready to pop, okay, that means that we've made a series of thought, we have a series of thought patterns there that we're not in alignment with God. Yes, mm. bad things happened, okay. There were financial difficulties. There were relationship problems. There were health problems, whatever. They all mounted. But our thought, our 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 focus, our worship, our thought, we've we've got to keep it on God and not those things. Mm -hmm. And that's that's where, but we that's our free will. And if we don't exercise that free will, then we get off into the tangent of serious health troubles, big relationship problems, big financial difficulties, those sorts of things. Whatever whatever those things are, they become amplified. You know, Chad, the way to prevent it from being religion is to have it be a relationship. Let me give you an example. I don't even think about it. I don't say, oh, I've got to tell my wife I love her. I just say, I love you. It's just natural because it's part of our relationship. Mm. I don't sit here and think, 
well, I've got to tell her this. I've got to compliment her on this. I, I don't make a list. When you start making a list and you say, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to, that's when religion comes in. But when it's natural and you do these things naturally, as you grow in relationship, you naturally start to compliment your spouse or say, I love you, or, you know, answer or finish her sentence for her or whatever it may be because of the relationship. And it's the same thing with God. You don't, as you, and I'm not saying you're a terrible person because you don't pray before you eat, but as you get mindful of that and God brings that forward in the relationship, you'll do it without mm. even thinking about it. Mm. It'll just be natural because it's part of your relationship. Mm. And maybe it isn't even out loud. It's just a thought. It's just your, sure, where, sure, your yeah. where your mind is. Absolutely. You're it's absolutely where your right. thoughts are. And don't beat yourself up if you're not there yet. Because mm. I used I think- to do that. Like, <clears throat> but that's because that's religion. You know, I can say, oh, well, I'm not doing this and I should do this for God. Well, it just... He, he, I let him know I wasn't doing it. And I, I think God, it. again, it's that, it's that meekness, that humility of the Lord that he would even receive worship from us, right? Like, yeah. And, and what's really cool about this, and it kind of reminds me what, what Phil was saying there. I, my mind went to Abraham when, when Jesus or the angel of the Lord, right? The, the, the Lord comes into his camp with the two mm-hmm. angels and he, and he comes into the camp and immediately, Abraham just doesn't think he doesn't think about it. He just hey, let's let's have a meal. Yeah, right. Let's, let's exactly. get this faded calf. Let's you know, and he just throws a meal together, right? Why? Because it's just it's just his honest way of celebrating the Lord. Mm-hmm. He didn't he didn't go up to the he didn't go up to the Lord and say, now are we killing this calf correctly? Should <laughs> we kill this calf? Is this the calf you want killed? Would you prefer a different one? You know, it wasn't like, like the Lord was receptive of that because it was just, I mean, he was just out of his expression of having come to know the Lord. This is what he did. Yep. Yeah. It, was and that's part, what... it, was an, it was an honest, pure expression of excitement that the Lord had come into his camp yeah. and they were going to have a conversation. And I tell people all the time, just do it. Don't worry if you're doing it right or wrong. If you're doing it in faith and you do it wrong, God will correct you. But God's mm-hmm. not like, oh, well, you know, you didn't use the right word, so I'm just not going to listen. He, he doesn't do that. It's the yeah. expression of your heart that says, hey, I'm doing this for God. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, that's I think that's part of that. Again, when we feel when we start. See, that's that's where that you lose the relationship if you start putting all the rules on that. Well, you know, you know, you got to do it this way and you have to it has to look like this. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know how a person worships God in prison in the United States versus somebody who's worshiping God as a Middle Easterner in Israel or somebody who's worshiping God, uh, you know, uh, anywhere else in the world in, in any other it's going to look a little different but it's all about worshiping the lord yeah like they're they're just going to bring their heart you know if, if we're waiting to have perfect worship well we're on the wrong side of the events of this world to see that right like yeah, right. you know that's you that's know that's not going you're not going to have perfect worship until the resurrection right like this, right right we're going to wait for perfection to come but but it's 
in one sense, if we understand what God's looking for, he in this side of things, he's not looking for this every motion of perfection, right? He's just looking for a love response, a pure mm -hmm. love response. And I think we just downplay a pure love response too often. Mm -hmm. we just feel like no it's got to be better and then and then we'll start judging everybody else's pure love response to the lord right like well your love response wasn't like mine so you must do it this way or we That's condemn so ourselves because we don't do it like the other person oh yeah right and it's like is that really what the lord is looking for now granted obviously you can't you can't love the lord in a sinful way like you can't present sin to god and say god why can't you accept this right like yeah, right. <laughs> i mean that that's that's another issue that we see that in our culture too but when you're talking about a pure love response i think we just we carry so much baggage and call it relationship mm. it and you know what it is it's like a prenuptial mm. it's like we're mm -hmm. we're making a contract before the lord in a marriage of what's accepted and what's not before we get married whoa and and so it becomes like a pre it becomes like the contract and so and I think God is is much more interested in you know, you know the losing the contract than accepting the the relationship right <laughs> that's powerful a prenup we come we come to God and, and we come to to the marriage with the Lord with a prenup wow yeah. you know what a prenup means you're already planning for divorce yeah. Mm. right yeah that's incredible to think about there's no freedom in that mm -mm. and it was for freedom that christ died for you yeah it was for freedom that christ set you free right and when think about that from an aspect of the heart you know like if you're walking into a this relationship with the prenup, where like like you say, Robert, you're 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 planning for failure. That's where your heart is. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. That's good. No prenups, no prenups <laughs> in your relationship with God. That's right. And, that, and you, you know, can write that, that down. Now, and it goes you know, back to that whole dynamic, right? It, it doesn't allow any growth. You have a prenup it doesn't allow any growth in the marriage it doesn't allow growth between people for them to grow together it doesn't allow growth even even as an individual like well what if my you know what if my desires change not with regard to who i'm married to but just in life mm -hmm. I, you know i need somebody to walk with me in life in all of its twists and turns well that's what god's going to do now, the difference is when he's asking us to come with him in that we're going to do all the growing. Mm -hmm. But it's it's going to be a great thing. But when we come with a prenup, we're already trying to put conditions on it of how much growing we're going to do, what, what you know, when we're going to grow, how we're going to grow. And it's and it's where it's just not that's not the plan. That's not a relationship. Mm -mm. And, you know, we know how, as human beings, we know how to have relationships. We all have relationships, mm -hmm. whether it's with another human being, an animal, a, a sibling, a parent. We know how to do it. So why do we think it's so hard to have a relationship with God? Mm -hmm. I, I know and, you I know, God's, I, I visited God's Facebook page and I hit I hit like. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what the problem is. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Think about and think about this. If you ever serve God with divorce papers, he'll never sign them. <laughs> that's true. That's good. He won't that's sign right. them. And that's the beauty of it. He fights for he fights for that relationship. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. There is actually scripture that relates to that. You know, like God actually takes Israel to court at one point and it's over their marriage. Yeah. And he says, judge between me and you who was unfaithful in this. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it's, so it kind of pretty kind of presents this court situation. <laughs> and of course, you know what, you know, yeah, we what are you gonna do when you're dealing with God in that situation, right? Like you already know you're on the losing end of this. You know that all of this <laughs> is on you, right? Like, and so, but but the Lord is not, He's not doing that with the intention of trying to cause division or trying to make us feel bad he's doing that with bringing us to our senses about the reality of it like the relationship and what it's going to be kind of bringing us back to what it's going to look like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and so mm -hmm. wow yeah and it may see a relationship with god mm-hmm and that's what, you know, that's where you graduate from drinking the milk to eating the meat. And, and that is so important. Oh, and yeah. most of us really stumble. I've I've been stumbling for however long now, several years. I've been stumbling to get to that point. And each day it's like, man, you see the winds and you see the, you experience wins and then, you know, it's like, but you're still stumbling because there's stuff you, there's, uh -huh. there's things you're still learning. There's things you're still trying to grasp and things you don't know. And that's the beauty of it is he just kind of walks you through all of it in the midst of your stumbles. And, and, but you get there, we all get uh -oh. there. And I'm going to give if some we, advice. I'm going to give some advice on that because I, I bet a lot of people, Whoever's watching this and whatever, whoever's going to watch this, I bet a lot of people feel that way. Mm -hmm. They're stumbling, stumbling, stumbling. So here's here's my encouragement in that. you We're going to stumble. We're going to stumble as we serve the Lord. So stumble forward. Mm. <laughs> stumble forward. That's fine. That's good. Right. God, God already, God's, he, he understands exactly where we're at. So stumble forward and keep going. That's good. Yep. I like it. <clears throat> you know, I heard something similar to that years ago, but it was uh fail forward. If you're going to fail, like fail that. forward. And, you know, it, it, it really made a difference for me because I, there's been times where I would say, okay, God, I, I messed up again. Where do we go from here? And that's really all you got to do. You know, that that is stumbling forward. You're going to stumble. He knows that he's not going to put you in a corner and put you in timeout and not talk to you for three days or anything like that. He's, but he's going to help you if you seek him to help you. Mm -hmm. And then we got to be prepared when we seek him. We really got to be prepared for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, because he'll be there. Yep. Yep. He always yeah. shows up. Well, I mean, so I'm going to throw something out there since we're in the kind of the Christmas season and we're talking about relationship. Okay. God's very relational. Everything he expresses to us, very relational. 
think about as he comes into the world, we're talking about stumbling forward, right? Uh, in our church world, we would go, hey, we need a parenting class. Who are we going to get to do our parenting class? Well, obviously, well, we're going to get Mary and Joseph to do our parenting class because they were clearly found worthy to be parents of Messiah, right? So they probably know. So we need to get them in here and we need to get some, you know, get some motivational speaking going. We'll pay them to come and teach us classes, right? And, and you know, you know, you know that they were, they had to be stumbling as parents. Yes. And, and what other parents in the world? I mean, if you said, okay, I need volunteers to raise God. <laughs> Who would like to do that? Yeah. Who'd like to do and like, you know, I mean, so again, the meekness of the Lord, right? Like the humility of God. Right. But like, like you we gotta understand, like, I'm sure Mary and Joseph failed on many accounts. I am sure there were many times they were going, God, why did you even, why are you even with us as, like, well, our parenting, shouldn't you parent us? I wonder if they ever felt the need to look at their child and go, we just need you to tell us. (laughs) You tell us what's going on here. (laughs) Yeah, There's no book of Mary and Joseph in the Bible, right? They didn't. They didn't they didn't tell what Jesus's teenager years were like. Yeah, that's right. And right. The, the terrible twos. I mean, we we don't see we don't see anything of Jesus's younger years. We don't see anything of this. But it's all relational. Jesus loved his mom. And she loved him. And it's like, but then she mess up. Well, sure. Well, unless you're of a certain denominational faith, you would say then she's also a co-savior. But but <laughs> moving on from that, <laughs> I, I'm of the I'm of the opinion that she is she's a person, right? She's she needs the savior as much as anybody else, and that and that she's <laughs> she's stumbling her way through that. You know, if Robert and, doesn't. And she's never been a mom before. It's not like Jesus said, "Well, I need a mom who's already been a mom." Let's let's get somebody with experience. I guess none of that. So Robert's saying he doesn't pray to Mary. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did not mention the denominational situation. <laughs> I was just saying I'm yeah. not of the opinion that Mary is co-savior or sinless. I believe that she needed Jesus just as much as everyone else, mm-hmm. which makes that relationship even stranger, mm-hmm. right? Even more dynamic. Well, it's the milk and the meat again, you know? Yeah. When Jesus was a young child, he was a young child, but then when he became a man and he became full in his, in his role in his ministry, he was the meat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's your role reversal. Yeah. The, the humility of God that he would submit himself to human parents. Mm-hmm. Yep. Never thought of that before. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yep. It's good stuff. Yep. You know, I know we say this every week, but man, this was good. <laughs> Today was good. We I talked about new things. That. What's that? We talked about new things. Yeah. yeah. Right? Right. The prenup. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. There we go. No prenups. That's right. No prenups. I have a feeling that's we found the title. <laughs> no prenups. <laughs> yep. All right, guys. Well, it is getting to be that time. I know. I'm always the bearer of bad news, aren't I? It's okay, Phil. <laughs> you know, there's mm -hmm. one episode of Uplift that never aired, and that was Chad and Robert talking. They started at seven o'clock, and at midnight, Chad texted me and said they're still going. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that was Phil being That's prophetic. True. That's right. We that just haven't done it yet. That was that one live episode. We said, "Hey, you know, come. We'll just yeah. talk until you're until we're done." <laughs> yeah. yeah, we always said we were going to do that. We were just going to kind of have open mic night and just go with it. We should yeah. do that. Yeah, we should. We should do. You know, we really could have people come on and join us on the show too. That's right. Mm -hmm. You just pop in and out. We'll just talk for hours. Mm -hmm. That's it. You know, it just seems like about three months ago we were celebrating Christmas. I don't know where this year went, but <laughs> it went fast. It did. Well, to be honest, they celebrate Christmas earlier every year. So it's kind of like it's becoming an all year thing. So. That's true. <laughs> That's true. It, it could be an economic pool, right? How do we get out of how do we get into the black quicker? So well, let's not wait till Black Friday. We'll just we'll just yeah. let's get the black on in July, right? We'll have right. Black Christmas in July. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, fantastic show tonight. It was a joy being with you, and I'm looking forward to next week now. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, guys. Take yep. care. Great evening. <laughs>